Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, ready to ride. Here's Chad and Nate. Chad and Nate here at UC Health Training Center. Uh, I'm not sure if this is actually a, uh, actually a word, Nate, but woo! It's time for some football, my man. That's a word, baby. Uh, I'm excited, man. And there is a line of people outside trying, waiting to get in because, you know, the hill, I guess, has limited seating. And it's going to fill up pretty soon here. But out there in the parking lot, man, there's a line of orange and blue with the uh, Broncos jersey snaked all around the field house there. People are pretty pumped up. The grass is perfectly cut green i can smell it the sun is shining it's training camp baby um woo yes woo absolutely uh we are uh, right here at the five yard line on the south field i got a great view of russell wilson's monstrous truck oh, yeah. over there in the players parking lots wow. uh, we got a great vantage point here i am uh, excited the start of football season i've always said in my family we got two seasons Football season and waiting for football season. <laughs> and the waiting for football season now is done. We are officially here at the start of it all. Yep, they have just let uh, open the gate, let the fans start trickling down. So they are all walking down that hill trying to get a spot down there close to the field. Um, they're still going to be behind the action. It's not like they're looking for the 50-yard line because both fields that are set up, they're going to be in the end zone. The, the fans are in the end zone. Like you said, we're on the five-yard line here of one of these fields. And uh, right now I can see Zach By and John Davis chopping it up right in front of us. A couple 104.3, the fan guys. And there's a lot of excitement in the air, man, and, and a lot more in years past. And I don't think it's just because of Russell Wilson. I think um, the ownership change, the head coaching change, just the energetic shift here has uh, ha- has got a lot of fans ready to go. Yeah, we got uh, Richie Carney out walking around. We got uh, Rachel V. Hill over there. Stoke just showed up, so the fan crew is coming in in droves. And the fans are pouring into the hill as we talk uh, right now. Very exciting, man. Broncos will hit the field about uh, 10 o'clock. It'll be interesting to see who is the first Bronco on the field for the mm. first practice of the season. Yeah. There's always going to be somebody who wants to steal the first guy on the field spotlight. You think so? I think it'll probably be a, a specialist. You know, maybe I'm a snapper, so. a punter, a kicker, those guys who don't have a lot of, you know, don't have a lot to worry about. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> practice won't be that intense for them. They'll just kind of be out here shooting it. But, um, yeah, 9 o'clock right now, just after 9, they, they, they practice at 10. So there's a long process that players go through to prepare for practice, right? you got to get taped up and not just your ankles. Most guys tape up their ankles, but you also got the other stuff you got to tape up. You also got to get here early enough to get your body warmed up. There's different ways that guys do that. You can jump on a bike or or do some kind of treadmill or get in the hot tub or I think they have steam and 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 um, saunas and things like that. You can get stretched out. You can go through a bunch of different stuff and then your equipment itself. Now they're not going to be in full pads not until next week, I don't think. I think they're going to put on the shells this weekend. So are they wearing helmets today? I think they should be wearing helmets. I believe they will. But then be just helmets. jerseys and shorts, so yeah. uh, not as labor intensive getting ready for practice. But right now, those guys are in the locker room. There's some music playing, and those guys are going through it, man, in their mind. Now is the time where you come out here and you got to prove yourself. And uh, I'm really excited to see what Coach Hackett 
kind of creates, the environment he creates, the practice structure, um, the energy, uh, what his voice sounds like. We know, we're used to seeing him at the podium being very, very positive. What's he going to sound like when he sees something he doesn't like? Right. You know, because that's going to happen during training camp. I mean, Chad, how many training camps have you been through where every coach is like, great practice every time? <laughs> not right? one. Never, right? Never, so not one. Always stuff to clean up. Yes. Uh, our analysis of training camp 2022, Ready to Ride, is presented by Elite Sports Book. Uh, this uh, first day of practice, uh, I know for me it brings me back to first day of practice back in Pop Warner when I was nine years old, my first day getting my pads. I remember I took the pads home the night before, and I had to put them on. And get in the mirror. I actually posted a Twitter picture a couple, uh, oh, maybe a couple months back, of uh, me and my first set of pads at nine years old. I'm wearing number like 64, but I'm like striking a Heisman pose because you know that was all I knew back then when I was nine. But this first day of pads, the freshly cut grass, the the optimism, the hopefulness, the potential of a new season, all these feelings uh, that you know kind of marries to this excitement that we all have inside. It's a great time of the year, man. Yep, that, that grass is going to get scuffed up as we go. But right now, there is not a single, a single divot in that grass. They've been they've been working hard all summer to keep that thing fresh. And as a player, man, you walk out on this field, that it's it's a pretty powerful feeling walking through those double doors, stepping out here. You see all the fans who've come out to watch you, and really, you got to stay focused. You got to stay focused on your job and and not dwell on a mistake if you make it and not get too high if you make a great play you know and it's the same it's the two sides of the same coin there some young guys can get so down in the dumps when they get make a mistake or get yelled at for a missed assignment and conversely, a guy makes a great play. He thinks practice is over for him. <laughs> and it's not. It is not George Costanza. This is not Seinfeld. You cannot leave on your high notes. There's another rep. There's another practice tomorrow. Another time where you'll be asked to continue to prove yourself. So, uh, you know, I think one of those lines from uh, Hard Knocks every year is always the proving grounds yeah. of the NFL field. And this is the proving grounds. We've talked so much hypotheticals. What kind of coach is Nathaniel Hackett going to be? Can he and Russell Wilson get it together? Is Bradley Chubb going to be healthy? Now the proving grounds actually start. Now the proof will be in the pudding. Not you and I uh, waxing hypothetically about what we expect or what we hope to see. We will actually be seeing it and get some facts on the grass. Yeah, the proof will be in the pudding. The evidence will be in the custard. Um, <laughs> the uh, results will be in the souffle, Chad. I do have a question for you, though. Yes. Do you put a lot of stake in who starts off it with the ones? Does that mean that that's who the coaches want to be the ones when the season starts, or are they just kind of arbitrarily, yeah, this is what we want to see today? Uh, I would say it's probably more of the latter. This is what we want to see today. So today, these are the starters. But every position coach I've ever been around, every head coach I've ever been around, at some point in training camp says, don't get caught up in that. Right. You know, we are working on things. We're trying to see the right combinations. We want to see certain guys work with certain guys. Uh, there could be a week where, you know, the backup guard, you know, gets a chance to run with the ones because, hey, we just want to see this guy communicate with the first guys because during the season there's a chance this guy may get a lot of uh, action. So it could be something as small as just, hey, let's just work on the communication things. I wouldn't put too much stock into it. Obviously, uh, the running back conversation, I think, leans itself to what your, your question was there. You know, does Javante Williams go out with the ones and get the very first rep? Heck, last year, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon had exactly the same number of carries. So, uh, yeah, 
what the cho- what the coaches put up on the depth chart, what ESPN has on the depth chart, what we see here from day to day, we know that is a fluid situation. There's going to be constant change in that. Uh, this is part of the fun of, of riding the wave of being so closely linked to the team. We get a chance to report on these stories. And, you know, uh, my distraction segment from Monday was talking about how everyone has a story going into training camp. And for all these guys, what's my story going to be? Am I fourth on the depth chart? Am I number one? Am I facing an uphill climb? Am I already solidified? I just need to hold on to it. We'll be here talking about all those stories all week long. Yeah, as a coach, you have an idea who you think is going to be the starter, but but oftentimes that changes. Every day presents you some new information that you have to account for, and you have to basically reestablish your vision based on how these guys are playing. Some guys you think are going to be great actually aren't as good as you thought. And some guys who you thought were just going to be some camp bodies end up coming up and making impressions day after day. And so you got to give those guys more reps and you got to adjust your your lineups accordingly. And so this is a constant working process. You're tinkering with who works best with whom. You know, sometimes a guy on his own talent-wise is far superior than this one guy, but you put the other guy in with the other dudes, there's better chemistry, and, and he flourishes. So it's up to these coaches to figure out who they got. They got 90 guys on this roster, limited practice time, even more limited uh, fit, um, padded practice time. So how do you figure out who are your dogs? Who are the guys who are going to be physical, who set the precedent? Uh, that's what they have to figure out in a short amount of time. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton both spoke yesterday. Obviously, everyone knows that expectations are high. We'll hear from both of those guys next segment. That's next. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, ready to ride. Here's Chad and Nate. We know expectations are higher than they've been here. You know, we're we're not uh, blind to that. We embrace expectations, uh, but we have a long way to go. You know, we, we haven't won here in five, six years. We've won seven games last year. We're zero and zero now. So the work starts now. A lot of work to be done. Uh, I know we're going to embrace the process, and I just look forward to the journey with Coach Hackett, with this team, and everyone else involved. That was uh, George Payne talking about the expectations being high for this year. I think no doubt about it. The I guess this is going to be the practice music just started. Yeah, get used like, to it. Get used to it. Feels like those speakers are right next to us. You can feel oh, the bass oh. rumble. Uh, looks like it's going to be a hip hop centered practice music, and not a lot of maybe not country. And Wouldn't that be funny? If they came out just some slow country, some old school country, man. <laughs> some Merrill Haggard or something, yeah. Or like like Barry White, just some real smooth. Maybe it's just some smooth jazz. Get you ready to play some football. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, George Payton hit on it. You know, um, expectations are high, and this is going to be a a journey. And uh, I, I know with the amount of optimism. Uh, that has come from George Payton's tenure, uh, although very short. The addition of Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson and all that. Uh, the expectations, I think, maybe should be tempered a bit here early because as we broke down a little bit yesterday, there's a lot of pieces that need to come together for this team to really be successful. And the odds of all those pieces coming together here in week one against Seattle or, heck, even somewhere in weeks uh, you know, five through eight uh, to be hitting on all cylinders uh, number one, I don't think you want to play your best football in October anyway. Right. You want to be picking in December. But, yeah, there needs to be, uh, I think,
think, a, a re-leveling of the expectations for the fans because your optimism may not be met with production, particularly early because of all these moving pieces. Optimism has no landing gear. Ooh, okay, you, yes. You're going to crash if you believe that, you know, the Broncos are destined for a Super Bowl run right off the bat. And I think George Payton, like he said, we embrace the expectations. We know what the expectations and the standard are around here. That's why we like it. That's why we want to be here. But at the same time, we know how hard it is to build a winning football team. We also know that we're starting from scratch here. We're starting with a new owner. We're starting with a new head coach who's never done this before. He's an innovator. I love what he's doing. I love how he develops players, and I love his approach. That said, this is his first time doing it. First time offensive coordinator. First time defensive coordinator. First time special teams coach. And a a quarterback who's new to the town. So, for me, all those point to a, a possible slow start, and that's not a panic button-inducing type of moment to me. Now, I know that we think Seattle, cupcake win. Houston, cupcake win. San Francisco, cupcake win. Our own James Merrillat had a tweet, I think it was yesterday, um, writing about which quarterback played for each of those teams. And so he, to, to James, it's all about the quarterback you face. And you should be able to beat him because you have the better quarterback. Clearly, Russell Wilson is the better quarterback of those three games. But those are three, well, two out of three pretty good teams um, historically have been good year in, year out, year out, Seattle and the 49ers. And so they got to take this thing one day at a time. I know it's a cliche, but offensively speaking, they're putting in a new system. And they have to develop the chemistry between Russell Wilson and these receivers, tight ends, and running backs. Not only that, the offensive line, which we've talked extensively about, we don't even know who the starters are going to be, let alone the new system that they're learning. With a new offensive line coach, everyone loved Mike Munchak. He, he was credited with turning Garrett Bowles around. Well, Munchak's gone now. So how's the new fella going to uh, gonna vibe with these guys, going to internalize and be able to communicate this new role, um, this new system? So I think George Payton is smart about trying to temper it in his own way and understand that this thing might take some time to get rolling. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett uh, also spoke uh, yesterday about having patience with these guys as they learn these new systems. I think that for us, it, it is a process. I know we keep saying that word, but but it is. It's one of those things continually figuring it out because training camp is a little bit different. The intensity goes up, and when you go out in that game, and there's all those people on the stands. People change. So I think being able to learn about those guys, you know, that first couple weeks. Obviously, you want to win every single game and do everything you can. But you know, the whole season, you're adjusting. You're manu- you're maneuvering everything. Everything's fluid. You can't just stay and do something because this is what you want to do. You got to be able to adjust with all the guys you have and make sure by that end of the season, that's when it's really humming. Uh, I love that last part of that quote from Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, you can't just do what you want to do. You've got to take a look at your guys, how they're learning it, how they're picking it up. Um, and he didn't say this, but maybe there's a new way to teach it, a new way to approach it. So, yeah, what worked in Green Bay, um, football is not a recipe system. Uh, because you are dealing with human beings who are not robots, you are constantly having to tweak things. And Something that worked at your last stop may not work here. Heck, something that worked two weeks ago may not work this week. So the constant bending of your system to accommodate for the players, uh, maybe you have a run of injury, so you have to tweak things there. There's always this constant tweaking and changing and evolution that needs to be done by the coach, the head coach, and all the coaching staff in order to implement in the end what they want to pull off but again, it's just not a pure recipe-based system. No, and as logical as that seems or is, what you just explained, it's actually rare with coaches, right? Right. Coaches are so stuck in their ways that a lot of times they, um, you know, it's it's my way or you got to go. And if you're not figuring it out 
you know how I'm explaining it and you're not doing it the way I've always seen it done, then that's on you. That's not on me. A smart coach listens to his players. A smart coach pays attention to how they're digesting his system. Maybe if no one gets it, maybe that's on you. You know, maybe this play isn't the, the right play. If everyone's screwing it up, maybe I go back to the drawing board and figure out either how to improve it, make it easier to digest, or scrap it all together. we got to get these guys on the same page. Uh, I talk about it all the time, man. Offensive football, especially the passing game, actually even the running game, is about reps. It's about connection. It's about doing it a lot together. These guys haven't done it a lot together. I know they've taken the extra time to go to Camp Russ in San Diego. That helps. But who do you think has more reps under their belt? Um, Russell and his team or Patrick Mahomes and his team? Right. You know, even Justin Herbert and his team. Uh, Derek Carr and his guys. Those guys are ahead of us in the game right now as far as the reps and the connection between the quarterback and his targets. So, they got a lot to do in a, in a short amount of time. They got to maximize each day at practice, and I love the way Nathaniel Hackett is approaching uh, it with his vision. Now, Nathaniel Hackett is different than Andy Reid or uh, Josh McDaniels. Well, I suppose Josh McDaniels has a little bit of this as well, but definitely Andy Reid and Brandon Staley. In that, Nathaniel Hackett is doing more than just evaluating the players. He's got a first-time offensive coordinator, a first-time defensive coordinator, and a first-time special teams coordinator. He's got to constantly evaluate those guys as well. And when you're a first-time head coach, I think you lean towards these are guys who I'm friendly with. These are guys who I may have some familiarity with, and you made me choose familiarity and connection over pure coaching prowess. And uh, a lot of times after the first year, coaches have to make the harsh decisions of, you know what, you're my boy, but in the end, just this doesn't work out for us. Um, so this is the start of that process for Nathaniel Hackett as well. Is I'm looking and evaluating each of these players, but I'm also looking at these guys who I brought in with a certain level of expectation, what they're able to teach and communicate to those guys in the meeting rooms, but whether they can actually get that done or not and how effective they are at that. You think, you're think you saying you think there's a chance he brought in some of his buddies and they might not be very good coaches? Uh, there is a chance of that. I have yet to see a first-time head coach who didn't have some significant staff turnover after year one. Yeah. Um, so I'm not predicting that. Uh, but my experience says that that is a very standard track record. You bring in your boys, and you realize, oh, he's my boy, but we are not linked on the same page. We don't have the same work ethic. We don't see things through the same lens. Whatever the case may be, uh, just because he's your boy doesn't mean he needs to be your assistant coach. Right. Well, the good thing about Ijiro Evero, and I think these guys were college roommates. Yes. Which is um, definitely, that's your boy. That is your boy, but he also has a track record of success elsewhere. Yes. It's not like he, he's your boy and he was hanging out at home and then you're like, <laughs> hey, man, I got a, I got the gig. Right. I right. told you I was going to hire you when I did. You know, Idro Evero is uh, to a lot of people. I know Cecil has said this, a future head coach mm-hmm. of the NFL. We don't know that yet. We're going to have to see him in this type of leadership role. But um, I think the defense is going to come out and be uh, – ahead of the offense, right off the bat. We talked about this yesterday, Chad. Wouldn't be surprised if the defense dominates the first couple of days just because less to learn, less on their plate. They're playing in a similar system. Idro Evero um, and Vic Fangio's system, fairly similar, right? How similar are those two systems? Uh, They are similar from the structural standpoint, both three, four systems. Um, Idro Evero did talk about it in his introductory press conference about affecting the quarterback, whether it's getting there with a four-man rush, dialing up some blitzes and things like that. So he was talking uh, and seemingly indicating he was going to take a more aggressive 
mindset towards calling the defense than what Vic Fangio did. Uh, Vic didn't really want to blitz very often. He wanted to get there with just the front four. I think every defensive coordinator would love to be able to do that. But it was clear with the lack of production in the pass rush game, the Broncos had to be, become more aggressive. And I think with the question marks this season at the edge position, if Idro Evero just came into the season thinking, I don't need to have a stockpile of blitzes installed because those guys are going to be successful and get home every time, I think he's setting himself up and his team up for disappointment. There's just far too much unknown at that edge position to assume that we're going to be able to get home with just the front four. So hopefully during the offseason, a ton of blitzes were installed. And we'll see that here take place in this first couple of days of training camp from the mindset perspective of are we going to be a team that's trying to get by with this, the fr- uh, front four guys blitzing or do we dive deep into dogs and blitzes and all those kinds of things? Does that mean you're going to see more man coverage? Once you start going into five and six man rushes, yeah, you've got to go with some man coverage or you got to go with some zone dogs like I used to do back in Pittsburgh, which essentially means you're going to be burning the zone. So if you're playing the quarterbacks of this division, uh, Herbert and Carr and Mahomes, those guys will recognize where you're burning that zone and can eat you up. So that would tend to lean itself, in my mind, to a little bit more of a man coverage perspective on the back end. Um, the topics yesterday, one of the topics was uh, – talking about Team Russ and where does George Payton sit on the contract extension for Team Russ. We're going to get to that, but first, let's hear from the Rockies and Spilly. Spilly. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, ready to ride. Here's Chad and Nate. It's not uncommon in this league nowadays to, for, for players to have certain you know, parts of their team, and, and, uh, and he's got a great team. And it's very collaborative. They're very respectful of any boundaries we have. And, and really, they've become part of the, you know, the Bronco family. I mean, they're just uh, really great people. And anything we can do to, to gain an edge, for us to gain an edge, our team to gain an edge, and we're all about winning. And if it's going to help us win, you know, we're all for it. Uh, that was George Payton talking about Team Russ there. And uh, I think the, the last line, we're all about winning. And if Russ needs this to help us win, then we're going to try to help and assist in that. And as long as Russ's team, I think, stays within the guidelines and doesn't cross over too many boundaries, sounds like, yeah, they knew that this was going to be more than just Russell Wilson showing up. There was going to be the team Russ, the the hype videos, the videographer, the, the photographer, the massage guy, the ART guy, the quarterback coach, the nutrition person, the person who goes and tells, hey, you know, Russ has had too much physical load. Coach Hackett, can we find a way to reduce his practice reps? All those seem like they're part of the expected, uh, you know, dealing with Russell Wilson. This is what you get. And George Payton certainly sounds as if he's got a, a the correct mindset about it right now. Yeah, George saying all the right things, uh, embracing them, um, collaborating with them, welcoming them in. He said they're already, you know, family already, um, and they're very respectful. That's all very important. Like he said, whatever it takes to get an edge, whatever helps us win, whatever helps us be better, I think that's the important part of this. So in hindsight, like like you just said in the last segment, after this year, Nathaniel Hackett's going to realize some of his coaches may have worked out, some of them haven't because he thought they were going to be one thing and they weren't. I think the same is going to go for Russ's process and his group, okay? After the season, they're going to say, okay, which of these were necessary and which were a distraction, right? So the stuff that gives us an edge and helps him be better and helps us win, we like that stuff. The stuff that is a distraction, maybe we don't like that stuff. And you don't know until you go through it, right? And so I think George Payton saying all the right things, welcoming those guys in, those people in with open arms, 
creating a, a working relationship that's honest, that's forthright, and that's directed towards finding a way to get this team winning ball games. That's really what it's all about. It's not about coddling anyone's ego. It's about finding a way to be a better football team. If those people make the Broncos better, cool, bring them on in. If they don't, bye-bye. Uh, this time of year tends to bring out all the uh, cliches. And uh, one of the you know biggest ones is how everything is great. Oh, it's great working with Russ's team. It's fantastic. Oh, we got great optimism about this season. Oh, this guy's had a great off season. I think the staff we put together, they're great. Great. Uh, our our uh, you know our, our strength and conditioning staff, they've really prepared the players for the rigors of the season. I, I think uh, we're going to be great in that regard. Um, but in the end, this is football. And things don't always go the way that you want them to. Uh, heck, there's even a texter, Michael in Centennial, says, Good morning, gentlemen. The real test will be when Russell Wilson gets hurt. Uh, then the real coaching begins. Now, that's obviously a very doomsday scenario right there. But I think that, that I saw that text and kind of illustrates my point of everything is great right now. But along the way, human beings are going to do what human beings do, which typically screw things up. Uh, and at some point along the way, things are going to go a little haywire. So we have to begin to move from everything is great and glorious and beautiful to how do we handle some of these issues. And part of this uh, the thought process for me is Nathaniel Hackett has certainly been coach positive all off-season long. Super positive about everything. George Payton been the same way. Heck, when uh, you put a microphone in Russell Wilson's face, he's even talking positive about the Broncos' defense. Mm. You know, something I never heard of. Uh, so you think you should be talking smack about him, or no. you don't even want their name in his mouth? Typically, yeah. Get, get my name out your mouth, Russ. Yes, your quarterback shouldn't be talking about your defense. I understand what he was doing, and I know it's a little bit of a bigger pushback for me to say that, but everything is great. Everything is super optimistic right now. The Broncos... Hate to say it to you listeners out there, you're probably going to lose a game or what? two this year. Or what? Or two? Or maybe even two. Come on, man. Russell Wilson, he's going to put the ball on the ground. He's gonna what do you mean it? like that? Like after he scores a touchdown, he's going to put it on the ground? There'll be that. Okay. There'll be some of those, but there'll also be where the opposing defender just takes the ball from him. Give me that ball, punk. Okay. What? Yes. He's going to throw an interception or two. There's going to be times where things are not going to be great and smooth and perfect and pretty and all these cliches that we heard all offseason long. And then we'll get a chance to see, uh, to, the, to uh, Michael and Centennial's point, what this coaching staff is really about, what the backbone of this team is, what kind of fortitude do they have, what kind of mental strength and ability they have to move forward despite uh, you know not getting it done this week against a division opponent or whatever the case may be. Yeah, what happens when two teams for whom everything is great meet and fight to the death? <laughs> Somebody dies, and it's not great anymore right. for them, right? Uh -huh. and, and, of course, uh, uh, it's proverbial. No one's going to die out here, um, but they're playing a game. One team loses, and then everything isn't great anymore. You have to go back to the drawing board. Football is about adversity. How do you deal with pain? How do you deal with doubt? How do you deal when you get with getting knocked down? And so it's up to a coach to dial up adversity during training camp to create situations that are uncomfortable for players to put them through hell to make them hurt to make them put them in a situation offensively that where there's very little chance you're going to succeed here okay let's see how my guys respond to being backed up and you know crowd noise going and 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 really a situation that you're going to find yourself in in a game how are my players going to respond Week one is in possibly the loudest stadium in the NFL. And those, guys, those fans are going to be extra loud. They're going to be 
to take a line from you, Chad, extra motivated. Okay? For Russell Wilson coming into town, they want to prove to him that it wasn't about him. It's about the Seahawks. Right. It wasn't you, Russell. So you got a whole team full of players, a whole coaching staff full of coaches, and a whole stadium full of fans want to prove to Russell that he ain't you-know-what. So that's the situation you're going into, and you don't want that to be the first moment of adversity you faced. Nathaniel Hackett has to make it hard for these guys out here. What does that mean with limited kind of uh, contact rules and things like that? It's up to him creatively to create these scenarios and not over-script practices to the point where, hey, we know exactly what we're doing today. No, create some confusion, create some doubt, create some discomfort, and push these guys past where they want to get pushed. Yeah, once you get the uh, the playbook installed, this will now be the third time, both offensively and defensively, that these playbooks will be installed. So they should be able to hit the ground mostly running. There's going to be a little bit of mental and physical rust here at the beginning of the camp, but they should be able to hit the ground pretty quickly. And then that's when Coach Hackett can start dialing up those scenarios that you talked about. You have the team period at, at the end of practice, and you script out that period. Hey, guys, we're backed up on our own six-yard line. We're down by uh, seven points, we got to score and get a two-point conversion. And, oh, yeah, there's 45 seconds on the clock. Yeah, and no we timeouts. Got, and we got two timeouts. Yeah, two timeouts. Oh, whatever the case may be. So you coaches draw up these scenarios to nor- in order to get the team's mind wrapped around these specific scenarios. But it's also a great opportunity as a head coach to coach your coaches about those scenarios. When do we want to call a timeout? Hey, defensively, we got the lead. Let's make sure we lay on the guy who's been tackled an extra second or two longer so we can steal a couple of seconds off the clock right. with every single play. So all those little... I hate when you guys do that. Uh, we are taught that. I was taught that back in high school. Yeah, just so, lay on them. Just lay on them. So get up slow. Get up yeah. slow is what we're taught. So in all those scenarios, there is a right play to make. So each... Uh, of the 11 individuals on both sides of the ball need to know what the right play is to make in every one of those scenarios. And that's that kind of getting toughened by the, the fire of going through these scenarios that you're talking about. Put these guys in uncomfortable spots, asking a lot of them, not just physically from training camp mode, but also the mental part of the game, understanding the scenario, what's the right play to make, how do we go into this scenario, what's our mindset should be, what are the reminders that we say in the huddle before every play in each scenario, all those kind of things need to happen and get steeled here and toughened into these guys' minds during the training camp process. You talk about the right plays to make. There's also the wrong ones to make. You know, you're in a two-minute drill. The scenario you just laid out, a receiver catches the ball in play. You don't want to spike the ball. You no. don't want to toss the ball. You don't want to spin the ball. You want to hand it to the ref. Yes, you do. And let them put it right down right there. Those are valuable seconds that are ticking off. And the only way that you go through those, uh, that you're aware of those scenarios is to go through them in practice. And practice has a tendency to be overly scripted, especially offensively. You know, you get the script ahead of time. These guys have a script in their locker right now that tells them each period, how many plays it's going to be and what every play is. And you can sort of tell because of the rotation that's set up as a receiver or a tight end or running back or whatever which plays you're going to be in. So some young players will have the propensity to just study the plays they think they're going to be in. (laughs) I know what I got here. I know what I got here. Those are the plays I'm going to be in, right? Right. Okay, but if you do a move the ball period like you just said or a period where there's nothing on the script, where it's our twos versus their ones or their our twos versus their twos or whatever it is. We're calling plays. We're actually moving the ball in football situations. It, it, it's two. It, it's it's an advantage twofold. One, 
you don't have the script to rely on. Two, it's real football, and Russell Wilson plays real football. He gets outside of the pocket. He extends plays. Practice plays are scripted. If the ball, if the throw's not there, you ditch it. That's not how Russell plays. So they have to create scenarios in practice where Russell can do what Russell does, and the players can react to that. You don't want them reacting to that for the first time in a game. you got to dial that up in practice so these guys get a feel for each other when the plays go off script. Uh, we've heard from George Payton talking about Team Russ. When we come back, we'll hear from Nathaniel Hackett and his thoughts on Team Russ. That's next. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022. Ready to ride. Here's Chad and Nate. First and foremost, you know, this game, to be able to have a quarterback play at a high level, it takes the whole family. And uh, I think Russ has done a great job surrounding himself with a great support group. They're all great people. We know them well. And, you know, as we move forward, those are things that we're just going to work through and discuss what's best for the team. But, you know, I want Russ to be at, at playing at a very high level. So I want him to be able to have every everything that he needs to be able to get to that height he needs. Nathaniel Hackett talking about Team Russ and uh, there's a phrase again, great. I think they're great. I think it's great. I think it's going to be great. It is great, great, great right now. This is this is where things are. So, uh, yeah, Daniel Hackett approves of Team Russ here at the start of training camp. We'll see if that uh, relationship is able to remain great. Obviously, one of the greatest of all time in uh, my boy Tom Brady and Bill Belichick couldn't keep themselves on the same page because the team around Tom became bigger than the team uh, that uh, – Bill was comfortable with, I suppose. Did you say? Did you say Bill, Bill Belichick? Belichick. No, I, I said think that you just kind of slipped that one out. Uh-huh. Um, look, Nathaniel Hackett is used to dealing with a, a quarterback with an outsized personality and ego. Did you see uh, the uh, Nicholas Cage homage? <laughs> I did. I that did. Aaron Rodgers showed up with the training camp yesterday. I did. I can't tell if he's being serious or not. Like, was he trying to be Nicholas Cage, or I, is he just trying to be like mysterious and, and interesting? No, that was totally a constructed deal by Aaron Rodgers and his team. I, I, you know, the the training. No, camp- but do you think they were trying to be that character? Because that's a very obscure character to create to be. Like, it's not like some oh, like. Nicholas Cage from Con Air. That movie was like mid-90s. Right. Okay. It wasn't like some memorable character. I mean, it was a memorable character. But uh, anyway, who knows? But, uh, you know, it, it did the trick. Uh, it got people talking, right? And so Nathaniel Hackett's point is he's used to a, a quarterback with a, let's say, a more um, mercurial personality. Okay. Right. Someone you, who you have to spend a little extra time coddling or uh, paying attention to. Now, Russell Wilson's team, I think, is probably the biggest team of anybody in the NFL, right? And him coming here, um, he kind of has carte blanche to do it his way right off the bat. There are going to be adjustments to not just the Broncos football team after this season, the Broncos coaching staff, probably Russ's team as well. Let's see what works here. We've never met each other before. We're doing this for the first time. We're putting in a new offense. We're trying to collaborate to make a group of 53 dudes move in the right direction. It's not about having one guy move in one direction and we all follow him. Russell Wilson cannot be the only leader on this team, okay? Especially not in the locker room. Out here, you know, I understand the offseason was all about finding the quarterback. We found him. He's the guy. Now we have to get this whole team clicking together. So I think when, when Nathaniel Hackett addresses these types of questions, he has to do it delicately. Obviously, he doesn't want to upset anybody. 
Um, I do believe that there is a cordial relationship right now. I think they're all saying all the right things and doing it um, the right way. The question is what happens when you do face some adversity, when things don't go right, when there is uh, a hiccup there, when you do lose a game and you can point it back to maybe some moment where there was a lack of communication or preparation or something didn't go right in the in that part of it, then you adjust, okay? Then you have those hard conversations. But until then, let's put our minds into this thing and figure out what we can do together because um, the last thing you need is a disgruntled quarterback coming in and, and being told, hey, these guys, these people can't be involved. Uh, Russell Wilson came here to be the leader. That's what he is right now, and we got to roll with it. Yeah, uh, unlike the team, Russ, that uh, grew over time in Seattle, <clears throat> George Payton, Nathaniel Hackett, Broncos organization, certainly knew this was going to be part of, of it all. And so right now they're certainly given all the right answers. First, Bronco uh, on the field. I'll give that over to you. Caden Davis, wide receiver, number 13 from Northwest Missouri State. He's a rookie. 23 years old, 6'1", 190 pounds. He's out there with his helmet off right now. He's got the ball in his hands. He's flipping it around. He was just playing catch with a, a staffer over there getting his hands warmed up. Now his helmet's on the ground. He's all spatted up. He's probably been here since 6 in the morning. This guy's ready to go. <laughs> um, I talked a lot about these receiver battle in camp. I said 15. There's actually 13 on the roster. That's still a lot of guys for maybe five maybe six spots depending on how these guys play in special teams and this fella Caden uh, Davis is trying to make an impression this is not how you do it I don't think that's <laughs> I don't think that's probably not what he's thinking he's just, he's just so excited right, you know, right. he wants to get out here right um, and get his hands warmed up but um, look the excitement's here for everybody man and we are know, a couple minutes away from probably the rest of the guys coming out so uh, beep 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 back it up why is being the first guy out on the field not how you do it? Well, there's no coaches out here right now. Okay. Nobody's paying attention. I mean, we are talking about it because right. that's what we do in the media. The coaches don't care who comes out at first. They care what you do once practice starts. Mm-hmm. As long as you're on the field, when the whistle blows, that horn blows, and you're in the you know you're in the stretch line, you're in the pat and go line, you're in your individuals, and you are working hard there and doing what you're supposed to do there. That's what they care about, not who's out here warming up first. Now, Bill Cowher said something my rookie year that he said he repeated every training camp I was part of the Steelers, and that was everything you do will be judged and evaluated. Mm. Um, and when I was a player. I thought he meant talking about on the field. But once I did my coaching internships, no. You, when you when those coaches get up in those meetings, who do you sit with at lunch? Mm. Are you by yourself? Are you, a, are you a team guy? Are you laughing and joking with the, with the guys? Or are you a loner? Um, all those kind of things. Everything you do is judged and evaluated. So for uh, Caden Davis, uh, there's not a lot of coaches out here right now. Uh, but, yes, someone sees this, and at some point someone will mention this. And if he continues to make this a habit of being the first guy on the field every single day, that will be discussed. That is a positive in his you know, uh, list of positives and negatives. He will get some credit for that. But now, if he can't catch the ball, it no, won't matter. No. Okay, you, you that won't to, matter. And if he to. goes out here today and has a bad practice, then they'll be like, oh, the guy who was first out here was the worst at practice. Right. So maybe don't come out first anymore. There's that whole thing. Yes. You set yourself apart there. He was out here 10, 12 minutes before anybody. So now we got now you got the belly. Quinn Miners coming out, and his belly is uh, decidedly smaller than last it year. It is smaller. It's, his jersey covers it. It is smaller. His, but uh, his dreadlocks are longer. His dreads do look longer. He little. It's got a little bit of the uh, the predator thing going. It's a little intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> did the predator make that noise? Yeah, it did. That's a little bit more uh, Jurassic Park for me. 
Well, what what noise did the predator make? Uh, he, he could do. He could repeat kind of the ah! language. <laughs> Coming to kill you. Predator one or predator you can't two? Can't see me. Predator one. Predator one. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, you talking about the one in the city? Predator two. Yeah, with no, uh, Danny no. Glover. Absolutely not. Predator one all the way. Okay. Oh yeah, Jesse Body Ventura in that one. Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course. Like that was the classic. Yeah. Come and get me! I'm here! Come on! Here I am! Get this me! Is the chopper! Yeah. Get <laughs> to the chopper! <laughs> Definitely Predator one for me. It's one of those things where I don't have to sit and watch the whole thing when I'm flipping around, but I do have to watch a scene or two. There's some great one-liners in those movies. Yes. I mean, all the Arnold movies, great one-liners. Like um, Die Hard, great one-liners. One of the best sports movies of all time, The Last Boy Scout. Great one-liner. Really? Yeah. The fact that he pulled a gun out on the football field, it just lost it for me. So you, the opening scene lost it for you? Yeah. I was just like, who's got a gun on the football field? What is this? What are we doing? Well, that, that, that's the dystopian world that was painted in that film, and it was amazingly written. It was really, really funny. Great acting. Had football in it. Man, it was, it was beautiful. Halle Berry was in that, a young Halle Berry. Damon Wayans. Uh, Bruce Willis, of course, one of my favorite actors of all time. The, the last Boy Scout does not make it anywhere near the top of my football movie list. Ah, uh, mine. It's up at the top. It's, it's, it's up near the top. What? Yeah. Over Remember the Titans? I've never even, I, I don't even remember Remember the Titans. Coach Boone? Hey, look, Remember the Titans is what educates a guy like Russell Wilson to speak in Disney football cliches. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking real life here, man. I want to talk some real stories. Hey, a racially segregated city brought together by this team demonstrated that race has nothing to do with it, that it's all about our production and what we do on the field, the ultimate meritocracy of football. Coach Boone, Denzel Washington, one of the greatest actors of our time, bringing those boys together and delivering a championship. It's the perfect football story, and it told in a very Disney-esque kind of way. Kind of sounds like you and Russell would get along. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, okay, uh, we got the other Broncos sightings, just uh, Quinn Miners and uh, Caden Davis, right? That's the only two so far? Yep. No, we got a 46. Who do we got at 46 over there walking across the other field? Uh, someone's up. Sorry, the text line, someone's telling me that the Predator made a clicking sound. Okay. Stick around. The best line in the, the Predator. Yes, that is one of the best lines in the Predator. He had the split. That, that was from uh, <laughs> that was from a Running Man. You remember Running Man? Yes, I do remember. That's Running a great Man. film too. All right, uh, does Nathaniel Hackett need to worry about the line uh, between coach and friend? Uh, I, I have always found it important for coaches to do that. Nathaniel Hackett's okay with the blurrings of the line. We'll hear about that next. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.